0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk so sid talk before the after the show discussion yes this week we have watched a it's a movie discussion before the movie that we're going to review this week and we watched a new movie this week called wormwood road of the dead
1: that's wormwood w-y-r-m-w-o-o-d
0: yes and uh, it's called Ro- subtitle road of the dead or that whatever that subtitle for *Birdman* is you can have that as well <laughs> <laughs> um and it's a zombie movie uh and it was made in australia it's you know, fairly low budget zombie movie from Australia. Looked interesting. I saw a thing about it on IGN, so we watched it. What did you think of Wormwood?
1: It was fun. <laughs> I mean, I love zombie stories. Any zombie origin is interesting. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the you know, combined style of Old Peter Jackson and your Evil Dead person are the earliest ones. I just, I don't find it that, it's not like, I'm not like 12 and I don't go, oh, cool, oh, cool. And all the fast And we cameras. just have to say, yeah,
0: it, it's
1: pretty comedy. It's quite
0: obvious that the people... It's a comedy as they well. They love Peter Jackson's yeah. old zombie movies. And or they maybe love,
1: not, maybe that's just their Peter style. Peter Jackson's
0: movies weren't zombie movies, actually. I always think, no, they weren't. They were Mm-mm. just gory movies, but... They're fans of that. They're fans of Evil Dead. They're fans of well, that. Well, we don't
1: know that. It's just that the style is We do is very know that because I read it. yeah. Right. It's just kind of...
0: And that was my favorite part it. takes part me out of
1: it a lot. But once you establish that they're just being funny, mm-hmm. then I'm fine with it. And that that's was, fun.
0: That was my favorite part. As soon as I saw that Of it, course. <laughs> you know, it's almost a bit Shaun of the Dead-ish. It's got a bit of a... Even though it's super gory, this one. It's got a funny overtone to it. But it's got it adds some and I don't want to spoil any of that stuff, but it adds some surprising interesting twists I thought on zombies that we hadn't seen before. And um that's the, there's some interesting scenes and there's some there's a, quite a lot of surprises in it. It's a low budget Australian movie, but you can watch it now on um video on demand. That's where you can see it like on the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live, those kind of places. Uh it's actual it was a theatrical release and a video on demand, so you can see it that way. Uh, I recommend you see it if you like horror movies. I mean, it is a funny... Not
1: necessarily, just because you like horror movies, but...
0: It is a comedy horror movie.
1: Yeah. It's very specific. If
0: you like that kind of there thing. There are people
1: who like specific kinds of horror movies who would roll their eyes at every single shot. Yeah,
0: and it's not, like, <laughs> scary, really. It, um... No. But it—if you it's Evil Dead-ish... It's got like a comedy overtones. Yeah, yeah. If you definitely. like that kind of thing, it's that kind of thing.
1: So moving Which on makes you think. If we like a thing, a very specific thing, and then we just want everything to be like that thing, what's the fucking point? Pardon the F word. It's early in the show, but I mean, what is the point of continuously seeking out more music that sounds exactly like the music that you like, and more movies that are exactly like the movies that you like, and more TV that's exactly like the TV that you like? St- be like me and watch Bob's Burgers a hundred times in a row. <laughs> it is what it is. It's the thing I love. I don't need 50 shows just like it.
0: I just like it. But you do like some other shows like it, like Archer. And No, they're uh, not the like series. it
1: to me. See, that's the difference. Just because they're animated doesn't make them a to me. Plus, I don't watch Archer all the time, do I? I watch them when they come out and then I'm done.
0: Mm.
1: So, just interesting if you think about it. Like, the thing that you love isn't enough you want more of that thing? Like, you're not going to marry 10 more women just like me, are you?
0: No. (laughs) So it is Saturday, March the 7th, and this is after the show number 356. Stop craning
1: your neck. Just ask me to turn this freaking thing.
0: (laughs) The movie we're looking at this week is Horrible Bosses 2. This is a 2014 movie. It's actually already released on Blu-ray. It's rated R. Actually, there's two cuts on this uh, Blu-ray. Extended cut and a normal cut. We watched the extended cut which is about eight minutes or four minutes. It's not... A, it's not. A, these extended cuts are never really a big deal, are they? It's not like they add 50 minutes extra. Um, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And give us the synopsis, Sid, talk of Horrible Bosses 2.
1: Um, the three dudes from Horrible Bosses 1 are back?
0: In Horrible Bosses 2. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I
1: yeah. mean... It's, it's
0: the sequel to Horrible Bosses
1: And Horrible Bosses and Horrible Bosses 2 Is about these three guys who work at jobs That kind of suck and the bosses suck And everybody knows that your boss can suck And so they want to try to be their own boss Start their own business In the first one they plotted to kill a boss and this one they plot to mm-hmm, Something else Yeah, so, um, It's it, pretty
0: much the same It is <laughs> And that's pretty much how these comedy sequels go anyway right? So they're not usually surprising in any way so uh, let's go on to the film, uh, Horrible Bosses 2. I want to start by saying Horrible Bosses 1, and I don't generally like these kind of comedies, but Horrible Bosses 1, I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was really fun. Colin Farrell, who doesn't return in this one, unfortunately. That's uh, um, not unfortunate. Was, was my, the funniest part of it for me. Also, I think Kevin Spacey in the first one was really good, and there was a lot of Kevin Spacey in the first one. Kevin Spacey does return here, but it's minimal uh, and hardly even noticeable. It's so small. Oh, I
1: disagree. Oh my god, we are so different. I disagree completely. You
0: don't think he returned, are you?
1: No, I didn't say that. I don't think it's almost imperceptible that he was in this movie.
0: Is it? Literally, in it? I bet he's got two yeah, minutes but it's, of screen it's time. it's
1: huge. Why we're going back to him.
0: Yeah, but it's not huge, as in, like, you can laugh your head off. Like, for f- one hour and fifty minutes, two minutes of it, has got Kevin Spacey in it. That's not exactly... Right, like but
1: the, in the story, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, and that's not what I meant. I meant as in... Terms of comedy value for Kevin Spacey in the first one, he's in it a lot. Like he's one of the main characters, um, and so is Jennifer Aniston. They bring people back in this movie, but they use them in very small roles. Now, and that's why I liked the first one. I thought Kevin Spacey, the three bosses were really, really funny. Not these three guys. These three guys are kind of funny, but I like the th- the three bosses. You know, um, so this movie relies, and the front cover shows you, relies on the three guys, not the bosses. For it to be funny, so I think this movie fails in a way because I don't think these three guys are as funny as those. Oh God,
1: they're. I mean, I like it, but they're so annoying. These three actors think, and the people around them must think that constantly talking over each other and blah, 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 it's not funny. Sometimes when the other two shut up and the one says a thing, that's funny. I mean, I do. I did laugh a lot. But that thing that style it's it's like I mean this movie ugh. is
0: it is funny in parts. I I actually admit that it's funny in parts. Almost actually funnier than the first one on occasion. Like it, it does actually get really funny. Yes, like, there I are some really funny line. parts. Yeah. Jamie Foxx's part was really funny and he was only a small part in the first one, but I liked him in that too, but in this one he has a bit more to do. But um these three guys and I definitely think this is a problem with this movie just talking over each other um sometimes you can't even follow the joke because they're talking over each other exactly uh, like i'm like okay um who am i listening to now and that you know charlie day's got a really high-pitched voice and his voice kind of grates you anyway
1: really badly so um, unless he's talking on his own and then he he chills out a little bit but they are not and i know
0: that's the shtick because they even say it in the extras and stuff oh it was all about us working together and the talking over each other is actually what they were trying to go for. Like it, It's funny, because there's three of them assaulting you at once with different type, tones of humour, right? They've, all three of them have got a different sense of humour. Well that sounds like Well, actually, they were
1: talking about their tone, their voices, not their sense of humour. Both, like. I
0: think. Because like, Bateman's like the sh- straight-faced one, always questioning. Mm-hmm. One of them's a naive one, and the other one thinks he's really smart all the time. But... That sounds good on paper, but when it's all in mashed together, all talking at you.
1: In every scene. Yeah. Almost every scene, it's the same. And you just get, like, you get anesthetized to it. Like, I don't even want to listen until everybody shuts their mouth. And that's
0: a, that is a problem. You know, like, the first hour of this movie, I was really, I really enjoyed, I was enjoying it. But they do great on you a bit. And I got <laughs> to, like, maybe an hour in. And uh, they started getting into the caper. There's, like, an actual kind of heistish type caper towards the end of the movie that um I was almost like just stop talking and making jokes now and let's just do this actiony part like we leave the humor behind for a second like you know and that's not what you should be thinking during a comedy right stop making jokes
1: stop being funny i like it when they use the new kirk and in one of the scenes he actually it's like it's not a, it's not directly addressing the issue but two of them are behind him he's talking and they're sort of like doing their little thing and his you know as his character is annoyed at it yeah and he's like i got it i got it like shut up but then they do it again he's like i I got and you're just like yes just like shut them up totally individually fine but together it's when i think back on this movie that's unfortunately what i'm gonna remember that and jennifer aniston i don't
0: know. and i don't seem to remember them being as talky over each other in the first one
1: I really don't think they were. They weren't together as
0: much, if you think about it. That's probably it. And they're always together in this one. Because the plot is, like, they want to be their own bosses. Instead of working for horrible bosses, but... Yeah. You know, the caper, it goes down. So...
1: It is funny, but the delivery of the humor is often... I don't know, is that a new thing? Is that cool with people who are actually... Completely have no sense of patience Or I don't know what it is Like that you can't just have one person talk And the next person talk And the next person talk Jamie
0: Foxx is my The funniest thing in the whole movie Is Jamie Foxx's negotiating tactic. <laughs> yeah Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he negotiates with them a couple of times To get what he wants But he, he <laughs> What does he say?
1: First he says I want, want 50,000 And they're like No, no, he goes 600 <laughs> And, and then he, he goes, and the other guy goes you're you're negotiating
0: stuff. then he goes I, I like, want 51% of your company. And they, and they go all... whoa whoa. And he goes uh, 2%. <laughs> <laughs> and they go they say to him there's a that's middle a... ground, you know, you know. <laughs> but it's hilarious. That was my favorite part and that's Jamie Foxx who's like like yeah. I say, just a small part of this movie, but he's...
1: But he's not. I don't know where you get the small part stuff. I don't get it. Just,
0: I'm just talking about screen time. Jamie Foxx is probably on the screen eight minutes of the whole movie. Yeah, These how, three guys are on the screen one hour and 50 minutes of the I movie. don't
1: measure it the way you do, I guess.
0: Right. I'm just explaining how I measure it. Uh, the screen time
1: aspect. Yeah, but that's not what impacts the story at all. Just because you're on the screen for less time doesn't mean anything. Well, if you enjoy Kevin
0: Spacey and they advertise this movie to you as, here's Kevin Spacey in this movie, and he's on the screen for two minutes. Well, that's and not you what we're talking go, about. And you go and watch it. Then, that to me, that's you would think, why is Kevin Spacey not in this more? Because he, he said he was in it. And I actually commend them on not having Kevin Spacey on the cover, because... Um,
1: right, so it's not an issue.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> but you were asking me how I measure screen time. Like, if I if this was a typical movie where they do throw Kevin Spacey's face right on the front there, and I go and see it, and he's in it for two minutes. But
1: if he's in it for like, two I minutes... I would like, to
0: see Kevin Spacey, what the hell?
1: But if he's in it for two minutes, and his character has a huge impact on the story, that's what matters, not you getting your need for Kevin Spacey to be fed.
0: Just if they advertise it as Kevin... And they did in the trailers a little bit for this. They showed you Kevin Spacey, and you have no idea watching the trailer that Kevin Spacey's not in it much.
1: But also, um... The other guy isn't in it hardly much either, but he's huge. His impact is huge. The father, Christoph Walt, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's not in it much either, but um yeah, these three guys, I like them individually. I didn't like Charlie Day. In, I, don't. I mean, I like him. I think I actually think he comes up with some funny stuff. Some of his lines are funny, but he was in um, Pacific Rim, playing this really dumb character that I didn't like. Do you remember that? I'm trying to think. He was like the he was on he had to go and he was with Owen from Torchwood.
1: Oh, was that him? Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. And he was
0: horrible in that. And and I was like, oh my god, I don't like this guy anymore. Like I, I horrible bosses, I liked him, but I don't like him. But in this I he was funny. There was some really funny lines from him, all of them. Um individually. Yeah, and Jason Bateman always I think is good let's be honest he does exactly the same thing yeah, every single movie like, <laughs> unless he's doing like this is where I leave you but even then it's just a subdued version of him not the laugh out loud yeah you version. can
1: believe that that guy when he gets together with these two guys would be like this yeah because <laughs> there's not that much difference so there's let's no, be honest there's yeah, no was... caricatures of people going on here Chris Pines would be the main one he does a, he has, his character has a little more you know yeah ups and downs really
0: so uh-huh. as far as a funny movie, I think this was a funny movie. Um, it just has issues along the way. Um, I liked how it was filmed. I liked how it was shot. I actually think some of the shots for a comedy movie were really clever. Like They, mm-hmm. they did this like montage of how the heisty type thing was going yeah. down. And the way it was cut together, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And there was another thing at the beginning. Uh, they Putting some,
1: the warehouse together.
0: Yeah. I don't expect that kind of thing in this kind of comedy. And I was like, wow, this is a little bit different too. So, and I thought it was shot well. I thought it was was funny. There was definitely funny moments. I don't generally laugh at this type of comedy, really. But I, there was quite a lot of times where I was like, that was really funny. Like, it was...
1: And think about it, The times you laugh the most are when they all shut up. Or when they aren't all together.
0: Yeah, it, for me, it was when Jennifer Aniston... Her stuff coming out of her mouth is just funny. Like, it's... <laughs> because it's,
1: she's just with him. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. With Jason Bateman. So, that's funny.
0: Jamie Foxx was the funniest thing for me in the whole movie. He was just... I just thought he was hilarious. Um, well, let's go on to the cast. It's a good opportunity. Jason Bateman plays Nick Hendricks. And like I said earlier, it is no secret that Jason Bateman, if you like him, you'll like him, right? In anything.
1: I disagree with that Because he's literally but...
0: the same thing. It's not the... I, d- I can't think of anything where I go, oh, wow, Jason Bateman really did something different there. Smoking Aces.
1: He was a little bit different. He was like a crazy lawyer guy. He was? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's about it though, right? It's hard to think of anything where he's not just a...
1: Kind of wry and sarcastic and...
0: Almost the straight guy in this bunch. Mm -hmm. But not because he's funny also. But he is the straight guy of this bunch. Um, I really like him. I I find anything with him in Watchable, I don't know. It's just something about him I like. I'm in love with Jason Bateman. What was it that he was famous for before? Was he in a TV show or something?
1: Lots of TV shows, yeah he was the best friend on Silver Spoons his sister was Justine Bateman from Family Ties so I think he was on there as well as a friend maybe right Not 100% sure
0: because I I don't know when I became familiar with him that's what I was thinking when I you know first
1: you would have only known him when he came into movies like Smoking
0: Aces probably something like that right yeah yeah because he's not somebody I grew up with or anything Jason Sudeikis plays Kurt Buckman you know he, he reprises his role I find this guy really funny to be honest.
1: Eh. Eh. I'm, I'm halfway. I,
0: I find him on a par with Jason Bateman and... He's just... He was
1: in, um... Imagine... Okay, this is how I rate people. Imagine you're sitting in the room while they're doing it. This is me and I'm thinking about it. He would annoy the shit out of me. It's ne- It's a never-ending stream of trying to be funny. I get it. That's his job. But other people are funny without it being... I feel like it's forced a lot. Or he's sort of like... Yeah... I know that was funny, because mm. it gives you that little look like that was a winner, that was a gem, and I it's over and over and over, and I just get like worn out by it, you know. So no, I didn't find him the funniest.
0: Um, I think he's re- I think he's really good. I'd like to see more of him. Uh, also, I'd like to see- I sometimes think I'd like to see these people not in comedy movies just to see how they go with dramatic.
1: Exactly. Acting,
0: you know, uh, Charlie Day uh, plays Dale Arbus. <sighs> He's like peanut butter, this guy, I reckon. You either love him or hate him. He's that kind of thing. He's like
1: a... I've never heard that before.
0: Yeah, because I don't like it at all. So that's how I always think of that. Um, he is... He's funny. I don't know if it's him who's funny or just the, the script is, fu- is funny in general and his lines happen to be funny. Some of his are the funniest. If you think about the, that dialogue between these three guys, his lines are often the funniest ones because he's kind of naive and he kind of comes across with these
1: I disagree with you but I know what you're saying. I don't agree
0: that he's in the things. back of the car and there was some really like I was like oh my god he's getting the best lines like out of this or is this just I don't just think a those are written.
1: Same? That's all just ad-libbed, I believe.
0: Well, then he's the best at ad-libbing. <laughs> because some of the stuff he was coming up with is
1: Yeah, but it's all just like- It's
0: more of that night, you know, I really like Will Ferrell and I said there's a trailer on the beginning of this movie for the new Will Ferrell movie. And when Will Ferrell plays that naive character The one that's like totally unaware of everything around him. And he's just in his own... I think Will Ferrell's hilarious. And Elf is the plain example of that. When he's this naive character. Just the way he delivers that is really funny.
1: Which again tells us that we just want that person to do the same shit over and over.
0: And that movie... (laughs) And we'll
1: sit there like a puppet on a string. Well
0: that movie that they just advertised on that trailer Mm -hmm. with Kevin Hart and... uh, I don't know what it was called but it's Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell... It actually looked funny like because I was like I love Will Ferrell I really find him funny and that's the Will Ferrell I like to see where he's kind of a bit I don't even know what's going on here this is
1: in- yeah but did you like him in Land of the Lost because he played the I same actually, kind of dopey guy I,
0: and I actually did like the Land of the Lost kind of Ugh. I told you I actually kind of liked
1: it that guy ruined uh, not him the other guy
0: but Charlie Day has that kind of the his character anyway in this is the kind of naive character who doesn't really you can't really see past about five seconds you know like he never has a plan going forward he just tries something
1: exactly and
0: then he'll go did you have a plan for after that he's like no Yeah, but his
1: reaction is exactly the same every time oh oh that didn't work okay let's go oh oh that didn't work let's go oh that didn't work let's go i mean it's over and over and over
0: so i found him funny yeah i find his his irritating squealy voice it really grates on me after a while like
1: it's so unfortunate. For 30
0: minutes, I liked it. But the director
1: me. likes it. That's what weirds me out sometimes. When you're sitting there as an audience person, and just like, yes, it's funny, and like, ugh, does, how can the person behind the camera, who's sit in the editing room probably for hours and, hours and hours and hours, not find that annoying? It's like the dog's barking And that's outside. what I say.
0: I think some people will just find him hilarious, and the voice is even fun- makes it even funnier. But do you
1: think they're kind of butt kissy? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you're funny because you guys are mega famous and we're making lots of money and I'm not gonna say to you, "Oh, your your voice could be annoying so let's cool it down Like makes you makes me think about that.
0: I I saw that the the budget for this film intrigued me. I looked at like how much this movie costs to make. And I always expect movies like this not to cost that much. Like horrible you know, it's a sequel to a comedy. I don't ever think I always think they probably cost about ten million. I know that's a lot of money, but those kind of movies It's cost like $52 million to make. I was like, wow.
1: Well, like they pointed out, they have four Academy Award winning people. Yeah, they do, yeah. Not that they're... They could be the lowest paid ones. I don't know. Mm. But you also have a lot of music they had to pay for. And there's
0: some stunts also.
1: Stunts and special effects. Mm -hmm. Kind of, as we saw. Who knows?
0: It it surprised me. I was like, wow, $52 million. That seems a lot for a comedy. Like, of that, uh, what we've just watched. But in
1: Hollywood, they're like... That's nothing, man. Yeah, you could get five (laughs) times
0: that back. Or more.
1: Or did they? Did you look it up?
0: It did all right, yeah. So, um, yeah, it did all right, just probably because... Well, they know when they make a horrible bosses. They don't make a horrible bosses, too, unless they know it's going to make some money, don't they? They know how well the first one did. And they know people will see the second one. Um, So, Christoph Waltz, Academy Award-winning Christoph Waltz, plays Bert Hansen and. You know, this whole movie's a caper. It's like there's a rich son. It's a there's a business, you know, a businessman and his son and they're very rich. And the son, you know, and the father. They just the son what did, what do you what would you say he like he's kind of like pressed down by his father a little bit.
1: He just spoiled rotten. Uh, What people would define as spoiled rotten in a bad way. I've been called spoiled rotten, but I'm not like that.
0: And (laughs) our three heroes who have their own business kind of get done over by this big businessman. And and it's like a plot to kidnap this big businessman for everybody to get paid. The son,
1: yeah, not the businessman, yeah.
0: Yeah, to, to kidnap their son. And then the big businessman pays the money and everybody's happy. So it's just like a big caper. And Christoph Waltz, you know... While good, I didn't find him particularly funny in it. No. It was very... He wasn't really supposed to be that funny, but when there were bits where he was supposed to be funny, I didn't actually find him that funny. But I don't know whether that was by design. Like, he was supposed to not be the funny guy. You know? But there were some things... Kind of grounded. Yeah, but as far as he... I like to see him in dramatic roles... I don't think he. There adds you go m- again. <laughs> I don't think he adds much to this movie by being Christoph Waltz in this movie. Mm. It could really be any dude. It could be anybody. It could be thinking of people off the top of my head. Mel Gibson could be it. Or
1: why Mel Gibson? Why would you think of Mel Gibson? Oh my god! That was just
0: one that was coming off the top of my head. Um,
1: don't ever think of Mel Gibson. He's a twat. Yeah, is another bad word for you.
0: <laughs> it could be. It, yeah, it didn't really. It was okay. Let me say. But I was expecting him to be quite funny, like really ham it up. And or be...
1: you want him to be intimidating and funny like Kevin Spacey. He
0: was really none of those.
1: So you would rather have Kevin Spacey?
0: Yeah, like Kevin, Kevin Well, we know from the first movie, Kevin Spacey was funny but intimidating. Um, Chris Pine plays the son, Rex Hansen. Did you like him?
1: Eh. Really neutral.
0: My favourite thing of Chris Pine... I don't know Pine, if you can be
1: very neutral, but I was very neutral.
0: Yeah, my favourite thing of him so far is um, the... The where he plays Harrison Ford's dude. What, what is that called?
1: What?
0: The one that Harrison Ford played the dude, and then he Jack, Jack. Right. Not Jack Reacher, the other Jack.
1: I don't know. I don't know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about, but I him, the name? Right? Yeah. yeah,
0: The the Clear and Present Danger dude. Yeah, that guy. Um, I liked that movie quite a lot. That that um, a couple of years ago, and that that's my favourite thing. I, I wasn't that impressed in Star Trek, to be honest with him. I didn't think he was great or anything. He's all right. I don't think he fits in a comedy thing at all. Like, I, do, I really didn't think he fit. I disagree.
1: I think that the, the force of these three coming at you constantly and the director licking their ass makes you Chris Pines, who's now kind of considered an pine, action, pine, pine. action slash drama guy forcing the comedy, maybe. Forcing? That's how I felt it. Like. Right. That doesn't mean he can't be funny. That means that he's up against it. He's not the singular. I could even
0: tell from the extras that he felt that he was up against it because he was like,
1: these guys are
0: like hilarious. All they're all ribbing, they're all joking, they're all. And then I'm in a scene with them, and like I I asked one of my improv friends like, what to do. You know, you could tell that that's not his thing.
1: That's pressure.
0: Yeah, I've, and I've got to fit in, and I've got to keep... What did he say? Keep the ball up in the yeah, air. Yeah,
1: and like to think I'm the drama guy, you can't bring everybody down. And you can't turn around and say, guys, chill. Like, back off. I'm, I, f- I, yeah. I feel
0: <laughs> that Chris Pine went a little bit over the top on occasion, too. Yeah, Like, slapstick humor, where he's punching himself in the face and stuff. It was a bit...
1: Well, I think he was told to
0: do that, but yeah. I know he was told to do it, but I'm saying the way he did it, it was almost laughable like it was it, not laughable in a good way it was just like oh. I know what you
1: mean yeah like those bad stuntmen who <sighs> shake yeah, their like head that, every yeah. time they get yeah, like the Bond <laughs> there was a lot of that in the Bond last night yeah
0: um Kevin Spacey plays Dave Harkin he's Kevin Spacey you know who he is he uh he was the same plays the character from the first one
1: he was just being rude
0: and then Jennifer Aniston plays re- reprises the role of Dr. Julia Harris who's like this sex addict um <laughs> kind of sexy Dent- dentist mm-hmm. and uh The stuff that comes out, they took her even more extreme in this one. And in the first one, she was pretty, it was pretty crazy her scenes. But what comes out of her mouth in this movie was one, along with Jamie Foxx, was one of the funniest parts of the whole thing.
1: I think she is the funniest thing my personal and I'm for not me, a for me it's Jamie Foxx
0: but I really love her in this I loved her in but the last one too is funny because
1: week. you just think oh that's Jamie Foxx being that guy that makes it funny because what he says isn't that funny
0: what he says is except really funny except for the 9 to 5 no not just that a lot of what he was saying was really funny for me like it
1: and now he tries to maintain his cool yeah even then, you think behind this exterior, we know that he's probably just some like loser guy who's actually got no toughness at all because you're seeing that crack through occasionally. What's the guy?
0: What's he? The guy called that Jamie Fox plays.
1: <laughs> yeah, me say it. Yeah, motherfucker Jones. <laughs> yeah. There's another bad word for you, kids.
0: So yeah, and Jenny- you
1: going not have to put a warning on that one because that's kind of rude, or blank me out.
0: And Jennifer Aniston, yeah, I really like her. I I would like, you know, if you're gonna do horrible bosses three, let's just like leave these three guys out and just have a Jennifer Aniston story.
1: Have have one of them die. <laughs> well, I'd like to see Jennifer
0: Aniston. The, the, just a. a standalone movie with that character like oh um, that would be boring Come no on. i think it would be quite hilarious to be honest i think it there's wouldn't, a lot
1: all the jokes would just be about her feeding her sex addiction that's not funny if you just yeah, do but that
0: you, well a clever writer could it, like, it could be more than that that's what i'm saying like uh i disagree with you not just one and a half hours of sex addiction jokes
1: yeah but then that's what you think makes like it funny. behind
0: that character you, you only see the f- facade of the character you don't see anything about it True. you don't see there's a lot, you know, you could write a story about it, I think. But think
1: about it. What's behind that isn't funny. No. So it wouldn't be funny.
0: <laughs> I don't know, it depends how it's handled. So this is directed by Sean Anders, who also uh, directed Sex Drive, which I found really funny. You didn't see it, I don't think. It was on uh-huh. HBO one night. It's like this, like the girl next door, like a, like mm-hmm. one of those teen sex comedies. But it has, like, a heart to it. Like, it's not just... Uh, condoms. Uh, you know, it's not just that.
1: They all have a heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this one really had a heart to it. It's like... They have to... It's a long time ago, but they go across... Uh, sex drivers, they have to drive across country to... I can't remember what it is exactly, but they stop along the way and there's scenarios that go on. It, you know, you've seen them maybe yep. a thousand times. But it was is genuinely funny and it add this heart to it like the girl next door has a heart to it that's what I really liked about it you know it's a comedy but then it really comes together and it feels like something more like a Ferris Bueller or something this kind of had the same vibe
1: here's a quiz what is the heart of Ferris Bueller what is the message
0: um your <laughs> friends friends are everything to you I guess I don't think that's it and don't lie to your parents.
1: No. <laughs> live your life. Yeah. That don't type. be afraid to live your life in the moment. Because you're going to have to grow up someday. So live your life. Enjoy life. So You kind of missed the point after like 40 years. <laughs> of <to> watching
0: <it laughs> that. Or I'm trying to think of it. I've not, I've, I, it's, I've not seen it for a while. I'm don't you think.
1: remember him with the soap of his hair saying life moves fast? I do fast. remember him
0: saying that, yeah.
1: Okay, that's the point. <laughs> that's why he took yeah. the day off.
0: And Sex Drive has, has a similar type of vibe. And it has a lot of young actors in it. Um, and it came out around the time when all those type Superbad and all that kind of type of movies. But I find it, I thought it was better than Superbad. Um, so this director is used to doing these comedy movies. Um, and I think this movie was well made, like I say. It had some things which were over and above. Which is probably why it costs so much to make. What I would expect in this type of movie especially that scene at the beginning which reminded me of Extract for some reason which is another Jason Bateman movie not great not great but still funny in parts and Jason Bateman's watchable in it obviously but that watchable. reminded me of Extract he's
1: watchable that is high rank right there you are watchable yeah
0: always <laughs> like, watchable yeah. I
1: won't turn it off is basically what you're gonna say. true
0: always watchable <laughs> so um, moving on to Extras and there are a few um Jennifer Aniston let's see what there they are. there they both are. Yeah. Um Jennifer Aniston and Jamie Fox are included on the back of the cover. So the bonus features are um Let the Sexual Healing Begin, which is like a two-minute what, like an infomercial for us the sexual therapy group. Um there's also one line as you didn't see I hate this when they don't tell you all the extras on the back of the box. There's a 17-minute making of. That actually boils down to like just like showing you loads of extra takes of stuff, really, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Um,
1: and them thinking they're really funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it says here that they, Jamie Foxx, the, all, all the cast, uh, and laughs you won't find in the film, which is basically what it is. It's not really a making of. There's not none of the craft of the movie explained or anything.
1: Agree. But then again, there's not much... There's no big, huge things. There. No.
0: So, it's pretty light on extras, I would say. But, you know, there are some... It doesn't have, like, a thing where you can just watch, like... You know, sometimes these kind of movies have that liner armour type thing where you can, like, watch 45 minutes of flub lines and stuff. I'm not really into those. I get bored of them pretty quick.
1: But that's how those scenes are in the movie. Mm. You feel like... That's kind of what it is. We've, we've landed where the editor and the director have decided that's the one. But you can feel that that is just part of a whole big conversation of the same stuff.
0: So in conclusion, if you loved Horrible Bosses 2, don't expect a movie on quite the same level as that. It's a different... Do you mean Horrible Bosses? Horrible Bosses 1, sorry. <laughs> if you really love that like I did, this doesn't live up to it for me. It's, it's not even more of the same. It's kind of a little bit different.
1: Well think f- about it. But for the worst. The first one would have had three capers.
0: Yeah. And you love capers. Yeah, it totally. This did, one yeah. has one. Mm-hmm.
1: Different shades of the same one. But it's still it doesn't break it up where you like you said. This one's we're a lot more annoying than that one. Yeah, is. we're funneled in on these guys doing the thing together, whereas before it's all three of them, um plotting and planning and you know. And stuff. there's a
0: lot of parts of this movie, even though I did enjoy it in a way, there's a lot of parts of this movie where it comes to a thing and you go, Okay, they're just doing this because this was in the last one. This person yeah. has to be here now. It almost doesn't even matter. I did matter. laugh a lot,
1: though. I mean, I can't complain that I didn't laugh. No, it, good it was a good lot of jokes in it. A lot of it was just like, <laughs> like a, you can't believe sometimes that somebody said what they said. Especially her.
0: I what. feel like I'm Jason Bateman when I'm watching it. Because Jason Bateman looks at these two other guys and often is like, what are you even saying now? You know? Yeah. Like, what is coming out of your mouth? And he has that straight face about him. And I'm often like that with this movie. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, why, why are you even saying that? But, um, yeah, it's it doesn't quite live up to the first one. The first one's not a masterpiece by any means. I just enjoyed it a lot. But I don't think this lives up to that as much. And I don't think a third one is needed.
1: Mm, I like the idea of exploring Her.
0: <laughs> I do, but not with this. Not no, just no. another one of these. No, no. Like, oh that's another caper and then we'll introduce
1: Caper's fine, but get rid of the
0: Like I feel like Kevin Spacey might be a if they did a third one, Kevin Spacey might be a bigger thing. You know, he gets out and it's something to do with Gets
1: it. out of what? Is that a spoiler? Well tisk, n- tisk. if you've seen the
0: first one, yeah, you know what you well, know. What's going. Happened. <laughs> um so yeah, in conclusion it's a fun comedy, something to watch on a Friday night. Saturday afternoon um you know it's more horrible bosses if you like the first one it's just not quite as good so um that's my recommendation for it what do you
1: you? I mean it's I'm not saying it's not as good I'm not comparing them but I think that equally funny ish
0: (laughs) and if you like people talking over each other you'll love this one
1: That's why I keep trying to stop talking when you start to talk over me. Nice. And you should do the same.
0: No, I will never.
1: No, if I'm talking over you, you should stop talking.
0: (laughs) So thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. And next week's Blu-ray review is The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. So we'll be reviewing that one. I'm looking forward to that because, you know, I'm a fan of The Hunger Games and uh, really enjoyed the books. So... And your mother is a fan of The Hunger Games. She really is. She, she just it.
1: she watches in amazement that it's When she like-
0: came last time, um, she said to me, uh, do you have The Hunger Games, the second one? I've not seen the second one. And I said, yeah. And I got the Blu-ray and put it on. And then she sat and watched it. And then when, she, when it finished, she came... I was on my computer. She came in. She goes, I had shivers down my spine at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, thank you. So she'd probably be excited to see the third one as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I she assume. watches
1: it as if it's happening.
0: Yeah, like I'm not a documentary. Like, well,
1: it's not an idiot or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying that for movies, she watches like this. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, did you hear what he said? Mm-hmm. <gasps> What's that guy doing? Oh, my God. So, I let her watch it with my nephew in the living room. We'd already Let seen. them sit on the couch yeah. on their own because I knew that it wouldn't bother him, her uh, reactions, and he finds it kind of funny, I think. so.
0: So, yeah next week Mockingjay part 1 so uh, movie recommendations for this week I am going off Horrible Bosses 2 I wasn't going with Horrible Bosses 1 because that's a bit lame isn't it so I'm going with Anchorman which is one of my favourite American comedies of all time and secondly Bad Words with Jason Bateman which came out we reviewed it actually Um, I really enjoyed Bad Words it's really funny and it's got a heart oh don't they all (laughs) And yours Let's get
1: it out. Mine are two things that people might not have heard of unless I've mentioned them here. There's one, sh- okay, on the MHZ network worldwide, which is what you get with your HD We've talked antenna. about it before. Yes. No, not everyone has listened to this show. And gave a link to episode. it, even. Right, but not everyone has listened to every episode of this show. So it's a network that you can watch, I'm assuming, only with the HD antenna. Mm-hmm. Can you just watch it without anything? Like, just a regular antenna, I mean. No, regular antennas don't, don't work anymore. We don't have cable.
0: You're, you have to have an a HD antenna now. You can't even get anything through regular antennas anymore. They they stopped it about two years ago.
1: Right, so that's what we get it through. And on here are lots of international shows, because it's international kind mm. of a thing. And there's a German show called Bokau Konig.
0: I'm sure that's not how you say it's it.
1: been around for, that's how they say their name, little Konig. That's mm. how they say her name. It's like detective show. It's always about drugs and murder oh, and sex. One. Yeah, well, there's about ten of them. I know which one. But you there's mean. that one. It's like a woman who's like totally into like yoga and health and all this stuff, and she's a really good like profiler. And then he is like skirts the law. You know, he's kind of in with the big boys of crime, and yet he's a police officer, and he's kind of hard nosed, and you know, you know. But it's good, and I love subtitles. I've learned or taught myself to not just focus on the letters because if you do that, then you're not going to see what's going on. So I've kind of got this... I get in a rhythm. Like, sometimes I'll turn to it and I'm like, oh, am I in the mood to read all of this stuff? Because I don't speak German or French, which is the other one. So then I just stick it out for about 15 minutes and after that much time, I've figured out a way to see below the Subtitles picture Subtitles have
0: never bothered me. It's almost like... Because there's a lot of subtitled stuff right, living in England. You see a lot of French and German shows... On TV, just, just regular as you're growing up. Which right. you probably didn't, right? No. So you just kind of... It just doesn't even become a thing after a while. It's just Well, like, there's
1: probably a lot of British people who would disagree with you
0: that they would hate subtitles because most people See, do. I watched a lot of French shows on TV when I was young. Even, like, kids shows that were, like, French. I I would just... Oh, this looks good. I've never seen this before and just end up watching it. No,
1: my other one is French. It's called Nicolas Le Floch, which I might have uh recommended before, but it is from some books, novels. It is like I believe it looks to me. I haven't really dug into it, but it's like um pre revolutionary France.
0: Yeah, it's powdered wigs and- Yeah.
1: Where he is actually a detective again and it is always still again about <laughs> murder the one where he was running sex. through the woods and yeah. there was like wolves coming for him or something? Uh, it was like a supposed beast in the woods, mm. but yeah, it was actually a it was actually a cover up for like some other antics that were going on. And um they're both really good. I mean, it's really engaging and there's no commercials. It's the full on thing. If you get an episode, it's usually two hours long or two and a half hours long, because I just that's the way it's done. There's no commercials in the middle or anything, and so it's well. Just look up MHZ networks, and then look up your own area, and you can find them. Um, at nighttime, usually these shows, and there's loads of others. There's, it's mostly German, Swedish, Norwegian, French.
0: I've seen one British show on there once. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but I was watching it for a while. There's some famous British people in it, and I was I don't letting,
1: remember a British one.
0: they were in a hospital bed, somebody, and they're all visiting, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> Don't know what this is, but... I don't know that one <laughs> Um So, games and A. Scully stuff. We've actually been uh, watching the Bond 50 box set, um, which we watch periodically, but we've got back into watching it, uh, which is all of the James Bond movies yep. on Blu-ray. And,
1: and we're on number 15.
0: We've watched a few this week.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably, like, four, maybe. We got all the way through all of Timothy Dalton's. Which is two. <laughs> yeah.
0: We watched, we watched License to Kill... The Living Daylights.
1: Before that, though, we watched the one before License to Ki- or before Living.
0: Yeah, we we watched the last two Roger Moore ones. Yeah. Um, to
1: Timothy Dalton, and now tonight, I'm assuming, or do we have lots of TV to watch?
0: I don't know. Um, but yeah, Gold and I were up to. Mm-hmm. So we're actually near the end now. It's not that far to go, really. Can
1: we have the one with Madonna, but edit out Halle Berry when it's time? <laughs> <laughs> because I really That's, fucking hate die her. Die another day. I like that one. I love the concept of him being completely down out. Now, in this last one, License to Kill, supposedly he'd been, like, kind of ditched by the Secret Service, but who came to his rescue? Q and a CIA agent. So, he wasn't really on his own. He had all the gadgets, but in Die Another Day, he has, he starts out, like, not in good shape. And I really like that part.
0: And this Bond 50 box set is... makes me want to go watch it right now. ...is, like, really amazing. Like, there's a disc for every movie. There's 20... Three movies.
1: How did you get this gift set?
0: For Christmas a couple of years ago.
1: <laughs> From your wonderful wife.
0: Um, but this... If you're a Bond fan, this box set is fantastic. Because on every disc after you've watched the movie... There's a documentary specially made for these... For, you know, for these DVDs when they first came out. Of the making of each movie. And they last about 37 minutes, I've noticed, each. And you, there's one on every disc well so far there's been one on every disc and it's called Inside so say it was Goldeneye it's called Inside Goldeneye and um, they're a fantastic documentary they because really because they have archive footage of like the stunts and things being done like actually which was never thought about in those days of like b-roll footage and stuff they interview almost everybody involved with the movies at that time when they made the documentaries you know so you get to see oh you know you're watching the movie and then you're really, you know, you like the Bond girl or whatever. And then you get to see the Bond girl 25 years later, don't you? You know, it, it's really cool. Like, I, th- I think, you know, to see them as they get older and their memories of what it was and how everybody was, you know, how Roger Moore was Shitty. to them. Or... Let's
1: just be honest. They're they're fairly honest. They're getting less honest as we go. The early ones were more honest. Mm. I think because a lot of people are dead and it's a long time ago. And the more recent ones are a little more butt kissy.
0: But they're good documentaries and they. They really give you an insight into the making of them, I think.
1: It makes you appreciate Bond friend, because we know who Bond friend is now. yeah, it's that like BJ the st- guy and that other guy that we know are the ones jumping out of the plane. Like,
0: these movies were made by, like, the same people all the time, right? They were, they, um, seemed to bring the same people back each time. And the stunts were, you know, the stunts were crazy in these movies. And they really did the stunts.
1: Well, people did the stunts, yeah. Not...
0: Well, guys. <laughs> in some cases, like Timothy Dalton actually he, liked to do... Yeah, he he did some. To,
1: yeah, they tried to make it sound like he did, but when you watch, it's not him. No, not no.
0: always. And, it, and you know... Very rarely. The Bond films are guilty if you watch them, especially in high definition on Blu-ray. Whenever it, there's a stunt going on and it's not James Bond, it's obviously the stuntman, it's so obvious. And sometimes they don't even try to hide it. Nope. There was a on the Roger Moore one where the car split in half and the guy was driving half the car. It was just like some... It wasn't even... They didn't even try to match him to look like James Bond. It was like some dude just driving down the road. He's like, who's that guy and now driving the car? So there's a lot of, you know, bad...
1: There's one time with the guy, the Russian guy, who's been in several of them. The main Russian guy who, you know, as the Cold War, diminished, Cold War diminishes, you can tell that Bond people are going like, holy crap, we got to find other yeah bad guys because we're not fighting the Russians anymore. East Germany's not blocked off anymore. Uh, what are we going to do now? Well, the Russian guy... There was a scene where there's a person in a car waiting outside of that spa place where he eventually swaps the tape. Mm -hmm. That blonde woman's in this hot tub with him, right? So we see a guy in a car with the shadow right across, right across his face, very obviously. And he's kind of thin, and he's got a tan trench coat on. Then, as she runs around the car, we see the face. And it's a guy. It's just a guy. Dark hair... Just a thin guy. She gets, then Then the shot that Zoom, that the next shot is her in the car and it's that Russian guy who's like yeah. 70, 70 years old with a bald head, kind of pudgy. And I'm like, did, no, did nobody watch this? Is nobody looking at this? Or do they just not care?
0: I really don't. It doesn't seem like they did. All the technology, all the money wasn't there to do it a lot of things. It just seems so
1: cheap, doesn't it, when you think of other movies where you, could, you really have a hard time finding the cracks in the editing and in all that kind of stuff. Whereas Bond is almost like, all we care about is that Bond is a...
0: I think it gets to a point where it gets better. But it hasn't yet. But, they, but I have to say, I admire the stunts in the Bond films are some of the best stunts you'll see in anything. You know, they're really wacky and stuff, but they do stunts in those movies that you think, wow... They're just amazing. Like in that last one we watched where they do the, an 18-wheeler truck on two wheels. <laughs> just driving on two wheels, you know. And you're like, okay, they probably did something weird. No, they drove an 18-wheeler truck on two. With that, that's the thing that boggles my mind. They go, oh, we parachuted off the Eiffel Tower. And you think, oh, some trickery. They were in a green screen. Nah, they just parachuted off the Eiffel <laughs> yeah. Tower. I,
1: we uh, got permission and when we did it.
0: And that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I disagree
1: because Tom Cruise did that thing on those real buildings.
0: He did but that think of all the movies you've watched and think of how many where you go oh yeah they didn't use CG for those things. That Tom Cruise one. That's what I think of.
1: I don't know. I'd have to really look at it. We watch
0: a lot of extras and you see it and it's just a big green thing and they're just going
1: mm-hmm. they're waving
0: their arms around and they're strapped to something. We'll Back then that. there was nothing to be strapped to and no waving there was no green screen anyway. so
1: They didn't seem to use many safety wires particularly on the airplanes. If they were doing stunts on airplanes, they were just hanging to airplanes. Yeah, they were, li- they had their parachute on, but they were hanging on. And
0: there was one where they had to hang on top of a, like a cable car going up and down. Do you remember? Like on, it was quite way back, like one of the mm-hmm. Connery movies. And they showed you in the extras that the guy just like risked his life completely. He just threw himself on well, top train of the in that.
1: A couple of them ago, the train
0: was a guy running across the top of a train. Actually. Oh, and that guy actually smashed In his... In the circus...
1: Yeah, the guy hanging off the side did. Yeah, smashed the all end of his... his...
0: Um, yeah, end of his career, basically. So they just risked... It was just crazy. If you watch the the special features, you'll learn all about that stuff.
1: Then you just want to say, well, why don't you get that guy? And Now, I'm not diss- dissing acting. I'm saying that for Bond, particularly the Roger Moore years, acting wasn't really an issue. I know everybody loves Roger Moore. A lot of people do. I'm not a huge fan... You could have trained someone who was really good at the stunts to be a good enough actor to be that Bond. Now yeah, I think was... Timothy Dalton is different. Pierce Brosnan is, brings a different thing. Obviously Daniel Craig, and I actually think Sean Connery. But Roger Moore,
0: don't miss, don't forget George Lazenby. Everybody forgets him.
1: Yeah, and I don't forget him. Um,
0: he only did one movie. I think though.
1: Roger Moore is really bland, like super bland.
0: Yeah, you know, like I, when I was growing up watching. Uh, I was going to say Doctor Who... Watching James Bond on TV... Always on in England... Every bank holiday... this couple, The Bond double bill or whatever... You end up watching it... Roger Moore was kind of like my Bond... You know... Like he was the Bond that was around when I was growing up... So... You know when you have a Doctor... Like for Doctor Who... You're like... Oh he's my Doctor... Roger Moore was always my... The one I enjoyed watching... Because he was always on TV... He was always... So I have a kind of a soft spot for him... But I do agree... That you're Not a very good actor. There's I some mean, bad acting in those be. movies. He might be.
1: He might be. But Bond doesn't demand much of you in those. Days.
0: No, not in those movies. Is no. Not. It's just very like by the book, and then sometimes very low quality. There are some other like um, side actors who are like, oh, why is this person even in this? In movie?
1: License to Kill.
0: There was a guy really just bad. talking. I was like, why is he's like. Hey, Mr. Bond. You and know, if we real... don't
1: go, the plane will be gone before we can the get there. Like, yeah, and I was like, what, what?
0: Did they not have anybody for that? And they just threw him in like... And I actually don't safe? think
1: they care a lot. No, I, I really, really don't. don't. Now, it's different. I think Barbara Broccoli, she's the daughter. I think she is actually... Di- I mean, she's mo- it's more modern and more tuned in. And I think there's just a different... The quality, quality level changed somewhere, yeah.
0: didn't it? I, I'm, I'd am i be interested to see where exactly it is. Because like, we're going to watch all
1: Between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig.
0: Is it... Or is it just when Daniel Craig started?
1: No, Did, I'm saying. Because
0: Pierce Brosnan's... That's were, what I'm saying. are not the best. The, the whole, last
1: Pierce Brosnan movie was the last of the questionable quality. Although a lot of those are pretty good. And then Golden Daniel Craig... Eye is coincided. one of my
0: favourite ones. So, like, I think GoldenEye is one that... It's got... You know the opening? Before the... No. Hmm? No, I'm saying the, the... In a Bond movie, there's oh, always... Yeah. There's always a exciting opening before the credits roll. Uh, Goldeneye is my favourite one of all of them. It's just a, it's just so epic. It's like <laughs> it starts off as one thing and ends up as something completely different and it's probably about ten minutes long and it's just like this insane action sequence start to finish. It's like a little movie in itself. I've always really loved that part and I can't wait to see it again. So uh, that's the Bond 50 box set on Blu-ray. You know what? It costed like two hundred dollars when it first came out, but I've seen it on Amazon if you keep an eye on it. I've seen it for like seventy bucks. It wasn't two
1: hundred when I bought it.
0: No, it was like in the middle. It had been out for a while, but when it first came out, it was about two hundred. It hovers around a hundred, but I've seen it go to seventy. So that's Bond fifty. It's really cool. It's in a really cool box with like.
1: It's a little misleading because you don't get fifty movies you get 50 years 50 movies.
0: <laughs> but you do get every Bond movie that is available to this date there's a new movie coming out in uh, November called Spectre obviously you don't get that one I would have liked it would have been no it doesn't matter there's no place to put that one but uh you just have to start again then don't you for the next 50 bucks that- don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> so um any games I've been playing this week yeah it's been the, it was the PS plus um, it's the beginning of the month so PS plus gives you the free games for the month and uh, games available this month were Ollie Ollie 2 welcome to Hollywood Now I really loved Ollie Ollie it's like a skateboarding game but it's an indie game it's like a 2d skateboarding game it brings you back to like the Tony Hawk days of like you know learning all the tricks and it's really complicated and kind of hard. I really enjoy it and the second one it's more of the same it's not like any big departure. Just more different levels. Uh, it, it almost looks the same, to be honest. But it's free, and it's really fun if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Also, Counter Spy. Now, I've been playing this one all week. I find it fantastic, this game. It's like a Cold War-era spy, talking of Bond, spy game, where you're this little spy guy. It's all done in this like cartoon, cel-shaded kind of graphics. It looks really cool. It's, it's unlike anything. It's that Cold War-era like new bunkers with like funny like posters on the walls that say like you know employees must do this you know that kind of very very funny funny stuff (laughs) it's not funny it's a (laughs) it's a very and it's you're a spy and you have to invade these bunkers and not be detected and you've got to collect all the intel and you're trying to stop this nuke being launched um, and it's a cool game it's on the PS4 the PS3 and the Vita and they give you all three versions for free with the Playstation Plus thing and the the save syncs across them all so it doesn't matter which one you're playing on you can play on the PS3 and then if you come in here and pick the Vita up it'll be exactly the same place it's a really cool feature I tend to play it most on the Vita when I'm on the toilet it's like a perfect game it's a very <laughs> it's a very short you know brief you can pick it up play a little bit put it back down and the other game I've been playing this week is on the PC, and it's Shadow of Mordor, which is the Middle-Earth game. I got this game quite a while ago, and I hadn't installed it, so I installed it this week. And it's... Think of, um... It's a Middle-Earth game. It doesn't take place... It's not during The Hobbit or during Lord of the Rings. It's, it's outside of that. But it does feature some characters who you'll know, like, um, Gollum, isn't it? Um... But it's like Grand Theft Auto in Middle Earth. There are no vehicles, but it's an open world, and there are missions. Go there and are assas-
1: prostitutes and drug deals.
0: No, go and assassinate this guy, or you know, there's an orc that's causing trouble in the West. Go and assassinate him, and then the Could to help
1: me understand the story better.
0: No, it's it, I'm even lost with what's going on. It's <laughs> it's based on Tolkien stuff, but it's some of it's made up. There's some stuff taken from other things, and there's side stuff and it's confusing let me say story-wise and i like to follow stories really but i'm having trouble with this one so i just boil it down to there's orcs that need taken out and you go and kill them that's really weird. so it's like grand theft auto open world it's mostly about fighting but you can also be really stealthy you don't have to actually you can shoot arrows you know you're an archer like an elf it's cool shadow of mordo so um siddha what's for dinner
1: Tonight is some ho- <coughs> <coughs> Wait till I'm done choking <coughs> on my own spit. Uh tonight is homemade vegetable soup, which is already in the pan and has been marinating. I don't know. It's got frozen vegetables, which is like corn and beans and onion and pepper, some peas, potato, and some carrot. I use some not... You asked me, because well, I said, doesn't that smell like chicken broth? And you said, what is that? I said, it's called not chicken broth. Yeah. We don't eat meat. So it's like this ve- vegan um, broth cubes. Yeah, that, like a bouillon. Yeah. And it's... It's a... It smells... To me, it smells more vegetably, because it's really rich. So that's in there. It smells
0: like pot noodle broth.
1: Kind of, yeah. And I yeah. add some nutritional yeast, which even kind of adds that a little mm-hmm. bit too. It makes that more whatever... And then uh, I'm going to make... I have a new brand of mac, uh, gluten-free mac and cheese. And then... That's it, really. I don't know. I, if you want a burger, you can throw a burger in the mm, Sounds good. And Morning you... Star Burger. Was, I'm sorry, not a burger burger, but a, a vegetable burger.
0: And your advice is, before we leave?
1: Um, I'm not a parent. That's not my advice. I'm not a parent. I've never been a parent. I've never really wanted is to be a advice, parent. Is your advice, don't be a parent? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I would give that advice, yes, mm. but... Um, it's too late for most people. So people will say like, oh, "Well, you can't say that because you're not a parent." Well, here's me as a human. How's that? I live in the world where your sons and daughters live, and their sons and daughters, and their sons and daughters. I was a son- I was a daughter. Well, I'm still a daughter. I still have parents, and I was taught things that were shitty. You know, you can be respectful of your elders and love your parents and your grandparents, and they're fantastic and wonderful. And filter out all the shit that they taught you, and pretend it never happened. And then you just sort of stealthy sneak it into your kids' brains, and then they sneak it into their kids' brains, and everybody thinks everything's fine. I was taught in the communities where I was raised, and the languages that were language that was used. You know, is very racist and close-minded, um, fearful of you know, different, even though my mother fostered, like, be whoever you are. You're wonderful. You're perfect. I love your art. I love you being weird. Uh, I mean, my mother wasn't, but she's also colored in her mind by these things that are shitty. You know, like some would say there's no degree of racism. Either are you are not. And it's all horrible. I don't disagree with the horribleness, but there are shades of it. And we can apply racism to everything. Sexism, You know, don't teach your daughters that they're not allowed to dress the way they want. But then laugh when your son says, look at that slut walking down the street and elbow him and be like, yeah, I'd hit that. Don't do that. Like, don't teach that shit. The different shit. Don't teach your son by... After he's broke up with some girl, and you know, in my community, you would know that she's having a hard time because it was a small community. And then just be like, whatever, she'll be fine. She'll get over it. Don't be a dickhead with your children. And you know you're being a dickhead. Like, you know it. You know when you've just told a a racist joke in front of your children, even if you think it's hilarious. If someone were to walk in, you'd tell your buddies, like, oh, stop laughing. They're not going to think it's funny. That's because you know it's wrong. True. That's because you know it's shitty. But the person over there with the six-year-old brain and the eight-year-old brain and the 12-year-old brain and the 15-year-old brain, it's like a sponge. And they've just soaked up that dad thinks it's funny to put down people who are brown skinned or from another country or speak another language or eat a different food or a man who likes men or a woman who likes women or a girl who wears a skirt that he thinks is hilarious because she's, it's so short, you know, she's, yeah, she better be careful because whatever, wink, wink. Just, I'm not saying nobody can be perfect and teach their kids to be like, you know. I'm not into the hippy-dippy shitty. They're like, peace and love and everything's rosy because I don't believe that. I think that we are shitty to begin with <laughs> because we're creatures. Like, we have to survive. We don't now because we're humans. Or le- in our comfy life, we don't have to. Some people will have to wherever they are in the world. But we don't have to scrap and, and fight and, like, Survival of the fittest, if that were to apply. We don't have to do that, mostly. Anybody listening to this probably doesn't have to do that. Most likely, if you've got, you know, the means to listen to this podcast. So we can get over all this stuff about, like, you know, putting somebody down so that our little group is stronger to keep them out. Like, you don't have to do that. You're not weaker by including other people with different ideas and different everything. But by excluding people, even just by the words that you use around your children, or joking with your children, I had jokes. Men saying to me, from my family, from our area, whenever you're going off to college, you know there'd be some guy drinking coffee at Casey's or somebody at the grocery store who's hanging around and they're talking about, because tiny communities, everybody kind of knows each other. I had people, not only in my own family, including my brother, my father, my uncle, not my grandpa though. I don't know his, you know, he didn't show his cards too much, but make jokes. I was going off to college. Not far, far away, but to a college where there's lots more people. About, well, you know, better not bring back kids of different skin color. You won't be coming back here again. And I'm not bullshitting here. Now, at the time, I'm 18, but I'd listened to that my whole life.
0: It doesn't matter. I wouldn't be surprised by that.
1: Right. But the thing is, I'd been listening to him my whole life, and yet it wasn't right. Like I knew it was bullshit. And I don't give a shit if anybody doesn't like me for saying that that's that's poison. And if you promote that in your children's minds, or you promote that they have to be a certain religion, or that they have to believe in a God, or that they have to go to church, or they have to perform for you in some sort of, well, you're gonna play basketball, because I played basketball, and your dad played basketball, and you're gonna play basketball, or you're gonna be in the school play, or you will get straight A's, whatever it is. And then with that, some sort of negative. I'm not saying don't encourage your children to do well in things, I'm saying that If you don't get straight A's, then you're a loser. That's the problem right there. The second half of that. So you're not just raising your children. You don't own them. You've created creatures that will now be going out into the world, if they're lucky, and examining the whole world, gobbling it up and spitting it back out. And you've already planted a lot of stuff in that mind, now, if you plan for your child to live right down the road from you one mile away on a chain with a ball arch around it until you're dead because you don't want them out in the world where all this terrible stuff is, well, that's fucked up. Sure. But most likely they're going to go out. And do you want them to be closed minded? Do you want them to be embarrassed? Because when they run into other people and they're promoting or saying the things that you've been teaching them and it's obviously bullshit other people will reject them or, at, at the very least, think less of them. And, you know, I can, I can, abo- I can, okay, I have my own prejudice and that is ignorance. <laughs> um, knowing ignorance, is that possible that you know that you're ignorant of something and that you just go ahead and sort of like wallow around in it? That I have a problem with. And maybe that's part of why I'd want to be a parent, because I know that I don't have things figured out. And listening to other parents claim that they've figured shit out and that that's why they're going to put that in their kid's brain. You know, like, this is my little robot and I'm going to program them to be just like me. Hmm. I don't like that.
0: All right, so, so don't
1: do that. Don't teach your kids shitty things. <laughs> that's the bottom line.
0: Alright, so I want to remind you about our websites. Also remind you, if you, were, if you live in North America, to put your clocks forward at 2am, one hour. Oh yeah. Daylight savings time starts. That's tonight? Yes.
1: Well, that means I get to go to work an hour earlier. Than, yes, you do. Than normal. But I don't care. I'll tell you what, it never affects me.
0: Ever, ever, ever. It would affect you if you were at work well, when it happened only. I've been at work to...
1: many times when it happened. I don't give a shit. It was one hour. No I mean matter. I mean
0: there's there's a stuff you have to do, change computers or maybe a, I
1: did yeah, oh, I went work in a data center That's so. the only
0: thing that'd affect you, though
1: yeah, but I mean, as far as people going, oh, you know what's gonna happen, starting tomorrow, people are, like, oh, so total an hour, oh, I really messed up my sleep patterns I've like an hour
0: I've got jet lag,
1: I didn't even have jet lag when I flew for nine hours to another country, like I just didn't, you didn't either when you came here, you slept really good the first night, and then that was it, you mm-hmm. seemed fine, like. Yeah, you do. Once you get sleep. You just sleep. need to
0: sleep and then you're good. Right? I don't
1: understand it. My brain doesn't operate that way because I have kind of weird sleeping anyway. Like, I could stay up till 3 o'clock tonight and not even realize it. Get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, go to work. And if I'm tired tomorrow night, I'll just sleep.
0: I can't do that, really. It screws me up.
1: It doesn't really bother me. But I've always been that way. Yeah. Like, it's not, I don't do it on purpose. It's like natural, I think. Some people need more, but.
0: All right, so let me remind you about our website. It's aschoolie.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this music... Music. You can catch this podcast <laughs> on the uh, Stitcher. Stitcher.com. Search for after the show. You can go iTunes Music Store, Zune Marketplace, or whatever, Xbox Smart Music, or whatever it's called. You can find it there. You can also find it on the RSS feed. Just go to com. click on the word podcast. You can subscribe via just normal RSS. I personally use... Um... I don't even know what I use. Reader. Reader is what I use, which is an RSS reader.
1: I use Zune. I use the Zune software, which is pretty much extinct. Oh, no. Oh, but I don't listen to this show. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't download it every week and re-listen to myself. I use
0: Feedly. That's oh, what it's called. Feedly. Feedly, wow. yeah. It's an RSS reader, and I just put the, uh, you, you know, the, after the show in there, and it shows me when a new episode is available, well. and I listen to it, because I really like these two personalities. <laughs> and um, email feedback to me at aschoolay asqually aschoolay.com do dot. email Sid Tuck. she doesn't like you and that isn't
1: true I won't dislike you until I know you
0: and stay classy Jennifer Aniston because you are very classy in this movie
1: she no. actually is she does well, a good job
0: what comes out of your mouth might not be classy but yeah she is
1: but she does it in a classy way <laughs> and I'm gonna say think for yourselves or someone will do it for you the tiger.